welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorback football, basketball, baseball, whatever teams dealing with the Razorbacks. Check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to get into a little Razorback basketball today because they need some credit, as well as Mike Anderson. We'll also get into some other storylines going around the sports scene, especially in the college world. But we'll start with Arkansas basketball. Now, last night, I could have recorded the podcast a little later after the basketball game, but I couldn't because the tip was at 9 p.m. I have a show to do where I wake up at 4.30 a.m., and it's not really that ideal to stay up that late to watch a basketball game, but then end up being just absolutely tarnished the next day. So, needless to say, it was a struggle. But Arkansas did go on the road to Fort Collins against Colorado State and trounce the home team by a final score of 98-74. to 74. A 24-point lead. There's times where it got closer, there's times where it got further away, but overall Arkansas led from the get-go and did not relinquish that lead the rest of the way. And it's so fascinating to me about this team and what they've been able to do so far this year just through seven games. They haven't played any you know, top 25, top 10 caliber teams. They played some decent teams, maybe some possible tournament teams, Indiana being one of them. But just from what we've been seeing so far in these matchups, there is without a doubt that the Arkansas basketball team is a lot better than what anybody predicted. That, that is a fact. No one could have ever realized just how good this team could be after losing almost everyone, everyone from the team last year. And that is, I think, you can't even give Mike Anderson enough credit for that. He's not known for going out and getting McDonald's All-American players, but he's known for going out and getting some pretty good players that will stick around for two, three, four years uh, at their best. And then if he can mix in a really good player like a Bobby Portis or a Daniel Gafford in this case, then it just ends up adding and putting a little bit of a bonus on it. But this basketball team is actually really good. And I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not just overreacting to what the schedule has been so far and what, how Arkansas has looked so far. But this team's really good. I've watched Razorback basketball my whole life. I was there watching it during some of the good times, but a lot during the bad times too. And there's one thing that you can say about this basketball team is that they play hard, they play smart, they play together, and it seems like they have some of the pieces that you need to be able to be a good basketball team, especially when it comes to making deep runs into the tournament. It always seemed like in previous teams that Mike Anderson had, he never had one really big part of the team, but he had really good other parts of the team. For instance, you think about his best team, which was probably the year when it was Bobby Portis and Michael Qualls and and that team where they lost to North Carolina, but they ended up playing for the SEC title game. And I mean, it was just a team that only lost five conference games. Just a solid team all around. What were they missing? What kept that team from really taking it to that next level? Because they had elite big man play with Bobby Portis, and backing him up was Moses Kingsley. Not bad. They had really good perimeter play. I mean, Michael Qualls was an NBA caliber player. If it wasn't for him getting injured, who knows what could have happened. But 
they had solid play there. They had some good shooting coming off the bench. I mean, Anthon Bell was there. He was coming off the bench making some plays. You had Corey Williams coming off the bench. Landis Harris was on that team too. You had a senior veteran, Kai Madden, a guard there. I mean, you had a lot of pieces, but the one thing that they were missing was a true point guard. A true point guard. Guy that could distribute, create, and help out his teammates. Fast forward to the team two years ago, which I think you can make the argument was Mike Anderson's second best team, where Moses Kingsley, Dusty Hannes, and Manny Watkins were all seniors. You had the Juco's and Jalen Barford and Daryl Macon adding pieces there as well. It just seemed like, you know, this this has a lot of talent, which they did. They had really good play down low with Moses. They had really good three-point shooting with Dusty Hannes and Daryl Macon. They also had a guy who could go and create his own shot and go get a basket like Jalen Barford. I mean, they had pieces added to it, but what were they missing? A point guard. A guy that could distribute and create for his teammates. Last year, you lost your seniors in Dusty Hannes and Moses Kingsley and Manny Watkins, but you replaced them with an elite freshman big man, Daniel Gafford. A guy that was as athletic as can be, and he's surrounded by seniors. Guys that had all had tournament experience that were returning veteran leadership. But again, what did you not have? A point guard that could distribute and create for his teammates. So this year... You lose Daryl Macon, you lose Jalen Barford, you lose Trey Thompson, you lose Dustin Thomas, you lose Orlando Cook, you lose a lot of guys that were pivotal on that team. Anton Beard's another one, who were had been around a long time, who were men, not just 18, 19-year-old kids. They were men. They were 22, 23 years old. You made it to the tournament. You lost early. It was a really good team, but yet you lost all those pieces and you felt like, oh, geez, this team's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. How I mean, how is this team going to make it work with Daniel Gafford and a bunch of guys that have never played together before and don't know each other and don't have no names? They have no experience. How is this going to work? It's simple. A point guard. A true, legitimate, create, plays point guard in Jalen Harris. Now, it's really early. We'll see how he develops. But against Colorado State, he had you've had 32 minutes in this game. 32 minutes, all right? He had eight points. He only shot the ball eight times. He had 12 assists. 12 assists. 12. When was the last time you saw a Razorback basketball player get 12? Well, maybe it's just an anomaly. No. In three of the seven games this year, he has had double-digit assists. He had 11 against Montana State, he had 10 against FIU, and he had 12 against Colorado State. That, right there, my friends, is the difference. Because you have an elite big man in Daniel Gafford down low. It seems that you have an elite three-point shooter, a true legitimate threat with Isaiah Joe. You have a solid all-around player in Mason Jones who can go shoot threes, who can go to the rack, who can hit some free throws, who can do all that for you. You have that. And it seems like you have a pretty decent bench. Guys that can at least come in and cause some issues. You got Gabe O. Osaboyan, who's a hustle guy. He'll have a two or three really dumb mistakes, but he's a hustle guy that'll go get it. 
You know, Embry Simpson went five of six, or excuse me, four or five from three-point land last night. Who's that guy? Well, now you know who he is. He's, he can shoot. Reggie Chaney's very long, very athletic, six foot eight, can really cause some problems there. Desi Seal, this is a nice combination of a guard and a forward. Come in and he can score some points for you. Get some plays. And Adrio Bailey, lest we forget. Adrio Bailey, a, guy, a junior who's returning for his junior season that had some experience and had played a lot. How's he doing this year? He's averaging double points, double-digit points. He's got 11 points per game, four rebounds, two assists per game. That's what you need. And so, as early as it is, and as young as an experienced this team is, just by what they've been doing so far and the way they've been playing so far, you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot take away from the fact that this team could be a better team than what Arkansas or Mike Anderson has had in quite some time. Could be. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Could be. Because some of you are going to run with this and say that, oh, I'm saying that it's going to be an NCAA tournament team and they're going to make the Sweet 16. I don't know. But what I do know is that they have the pieces that make a good basketball team. They have unselfish play. They have raw talent. They have good defensive capabilities. They have long, athletic players across the board. That seems they enjoy playing with one another. It seems that they can really get it going, that they have a bunch of deep threats to where not everybody's just going to get to double down on Daniel Gafford. They're going to have some guys that they're going to have to respect on the perimeter and in the inside game and the give-and-go game and all the pick play, all of that stuff. They have it. And that's what makes this team so exciting. And that's what makes this team so much fun to watch. Is because they have all the pieces, and the pieces are not names or not people that have been around forever. It's almost like you got it all. You got it all to start at the right time. There's not a single senior on this team, not one, not one senior. The only guy that really has is yeah, Daniel Gafford and Adrio Bailey. Those are really the only two legitimate, experienced players. And Adrio Bailey was more of a bench player from last season. Sometimes would get in. It's like it's all fresh and it's all coming together right at the right time. And they have a few more games in non-conference. It looks like they could win the rest of their non-conference games. We'll see what they do on the road against Texas Tech. They're in the middle of SEC play. And their toughest SEC games, unfortunately, are on the road against Tennessee, against Auburn, against Kentucky. All those are on the road. They don't get to have any of those return home trips. But I'm telling you, if this team closes out and hits into, gets into SEC play with only one loss, which is very possible, and they can just go 10-8, and 11-7 in conference, folks, they are in the NCAA tournament. They're in. And after seeing all the things that Arkansas lost from last year and all of the expectations and how low they were this season, Mike Anderson deserves all the credit in the world, and he deserves SEC Coach of the Year. He probably won't get it. Maybe that's a homer pick, but there's no doubt that they got it going, and they got it going at a high level, and I cannot wait to see what the rest of the season will bring.
Speaking of college basketball, you know, there's still going to be some games revving up. You got bowl season revving up. You got everything going on in the sports world. So what better time to than to use Sling TV on your mobile devices and on your big screen to watch all of these games. For $30 a month, you get the ESPN networks, the Pac-12 network, the SEC network, and so much more. You can also stream it on your big screen or all your favorite mobile devices. Sling TV also gives you the live TV you love only better because there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Just go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on. And you can be able to check out a free seven-day trial. Give it a shot. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. I promise you, you won't want to change your mind. You will be so relieved that you actually tried it out because you're like, man, this is so much cheaper, so much easier, so much better than having to deal with any cable companies. So be sure to check that out. Again, free seven-day trial with Sling TV at sling.com slash locked on. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. This actually is stemming from a question that was asked to me by Jerry on Twitter that I thought was uh, kind of interesting and something that I actually talked about on my show, The Morning Rush, this morning and dealing with players who are willing to skip out on their bowl game to keep themselves healthy before they enter into the NFL draft and then, of course, the NFL combine and and workouts and and all that fun stuff. And how is it right? Is it acceptable for that to happen? And now this is a very touchy and sensitive subject because I have not played college football. I I don't know. I know that's shocking to all of you. And I'm sorry for dropping a bomb on you right now. But I didn't play college football, so I'm probably going to have a different perspective than what, say, someone who actually did play college football. But I'll give it my best shot, Jerry. You know, I always have felt that when it comes to bowl games, it's about the level of bowl game that you're in, whether or not you want to sit out. Because I am all for someone wanting to make sure that their NFL career, or at least their career after college football, is as safe and secure as they can possibly make it while still playing the game because you're talking about a guy that could be a first round pick if he gets injured in a meaningless bowl game and what i mean meaningless i'm talking about if he goes down to shreveport for the independence bowl after his team went six and six and he gets injured and loses that chance to be drafted in the first round because he played in that bowl game how stupid is he going to look and how terrible is he going to feel it would be awful And it would be something that it shouldn't be wished upon anybody. Just about getting to that point and getting to that level. And if you have to sit out for your meaningless bowl game, that's fine. Because what's the point in in risking it all an injury for a game that's not going to get you anywhere as far as on the college level? I don't have a problem. What do I do have a problem, though, is all about, first off, intent. Are you intending to sit out the bowl game because of just wanting to make sure you're safe and you're healthy or are you sitting out the bowl game be just because you don't want to deal with the extra practices the extra workouts and all that fun stuff is it just because you don't care i think that that's there's a level of that that goes on in college football i also think that if you're never going to see at least i hope you'll never see anybody sit out of the college football playoff because that's the thing that i guess I'm, i've always wondered and why people say that oh football players are very selfish and how 
they'll just sit out of a big-time bowl game or whatnot because they want to make sure that their NFL career is safe. Well, yeah, that's true. But I think that at a certain level or at a certain bowl game level, you'll end up not being that way. If your team is playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, I would be hard-pressed to see a player sit out for it. And that, I mean, there's no way that'd happen for a college football playoff game because then there'd be some serious questions and some serious outrage if any particular individual sat out for that. So I don't have a problem with it. But again, it's all about intent. And I am always the type who says, play the game if you can. I have a problem with sitting out regular season games, yes. Because the bowl game in a lot of cases, because they're so dadgum many, it's more like a consolation prize. It's more like, hey, you did a good job. You didn't get too hurt. You didn't mess yourself up too bad. So here you go. Here's a great destination here in the great place of Shreveport or Birmingham or whatnot. Here's a PlayStation 4. Get on your way, you kid. I mean, that's essentially what a bowl game has become. It's a, it's a glorified consolation prize. And that's okay. That's totally fine. And I think that if... Arkansas, say, for instance, was to go to a meaningless bowl game and one of their better players wanted to sit out, it would rub me the wrong way. And it definitely would seem a little eh, odd, but I would get it. I wouldn't like it, but I get it. It's about making sure that you are good to go for the NFL and you're in your best shape. And we've seen too many players get hurt in bowl games to be able to uh, have that impact. So, again, I don't have a problem with it just as long as the intent and wrong as the heart's in the right place. And as long as that person and his team is okay with him doing so. Because that's another thing that people don't factor into it. If they see the decision and they immediately have a reaction, well, what does his team think about it? If his team doesn't have a problem with it, then I don't think you can either. If his team is accepting to it and they say, you know what, that's the right decision for him and we support him, then you can't really have an issue with it. But I do think that it can go too far and it can go, at some cases, uh, in, in the wrong direction and have the wrong impression on a lot of different people. So play the regular season, play the games, go 110%. But if you're in a bowl game, that's not going to make or break your career in the NFL and you have a legitimate chance of being drafted, especially a high draft pick in the NFL, don't risk it. It's never worth it because you can't get that money back. You can't get that future back. And the last thing you ever want to do is think that your career ended because you, because you, did play in a bowl game when you could have not. And that's the last thing you would want to do as a college football player. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, with the holiday season coming up and it's going to be a cold one this weekend, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of things and moving parts and a lot of people taking vacation times and having to do a bunch of stuff. But here's the one thing that I just kind of want to just give everybody an idea of what I'm dealing with this week. And I know you care so much, but I have a wedding that's going to be outdoors in December. And this Saturday is supposed to be like the high is supposed to be 33 degrees. And it's in a barn. Now, when I'm saying in the barn, there's no, it's not, as far as I know, has not been said, it's not a heated barn. It's just a barn with a roof. And that's great, but there's going to be heaters at the reception, but not in the barn itself. And so, you know, it's one of those things that I love the guy that's getting married. It's my buddy Boonville. And 
Uh, I'm going to be there in flying colors, and I, you know that's all great. And I'm I am not going to complain about you know having to go to the wedding at the time it is and all that. I am just looking for suggestions on how to stay warm during this while also staying dressed appropriately for a wedding like this. I would love nothing more than to show up in a huge ski jacket and big old gloves with a you know a face mask. That's going to keep me warm, but I can't necessarily do that and still look the part of a semi-formal wedding. So if you are listening to this podcast and you have any idea, maybe you've done something like this before, any suggestions? I have a navy pea coat that's really heavy and warm that I'm considering. It's, it's, it's a little nicer. I might be able to do that. Uh, I have some Sherpas that are nice. Um, I got my cowboy boots. But I'm, I'm just trying to fi- find some... Thing. So if any of you listening have any suggestions, please let me know. I need help with this. And I I don't know. I've never been to a wedding that's been outdoors in the cold. So there. If you have any suggestions, though, hit me up. Hit my Twitter account up at Rush John Neighbors. We'll see what we can do. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. And you can also check it out on Spotify. And you can also check it out on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors. You can get after me for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have as well. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 